Hi, my name is Susan. I've been arrested 32 times just for listening to people talk with each other. The problem was I used to hide in the bushes outside the windows of people's homes to enjoy listening to strangers talk to each other. It's just something I like to do. I get bored and lonely sometimes, you know. Hey, Susan, don't do all that. There's another way to enjoy random conversations? Now, thanks to the podcast show, I can enjoy listening to conversations with strangers and learn something new every week. No more listening outside the window just to enjoy a good conversation. Tune in weekly on Wednesdays and subscribe for updates on your favorite platform to the Toddcast show and help our podcast family continue to grow and share around the world. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Toddcast show. My name is Todd Mira, your host, and I'm so excited to be here with all of you. The Toddcast show is dedicated to exploring the human condition through conversation with strangers. We explore the positive, interesting, and oftentimes shocking side of human nature. In each episode of the Toddcast show, I talk with strangers in a down-to-earth, old-school, and heartfelt way about their life. Nothing is ever scripted, everything is spontaneous, positive, and we never discuss politics. You won't know what to expect next. Join in the conversation to laugh, love, learn, and grow with others around the planet. Who will I call next? Tune in to find out every Wednesday at midnight Pacific or for playback anytime on your favorite podcast listening platform. And stay connected with us at ToddCastShow.com. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Toddcast Show. Today we're joined with Paul Hogan. Uh, just kidding. I mean, Alan Cox. How you doing, Alan? <laughs> I thought I was on the wrong show for a minute there, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's oh, good, you. thanks. I love your accent. It's great. Instant uh, Crocodile Dundee Association. <laughs> Hope you don't mind. <laughs> no, that was that was all good. That was all awesome. Good. And where are you calling from today, Alan? Um, I'm actually based in Christchurch in New Zealand, which is a which is a beautiful, beautiful place. I'm, I'm I didn't I wasn't born here, but um, um, been here for 23 years now, and uh, yeah, very very blessed to be here. Wow, Christchurch, huh? Yeah, Christchurch, New Zealand. So that sounds uh, like a serious place for religious practice, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you would. Uh, yeah, you would. You definitely think so. It's not. It's not quite as uh, religious as it sounds, actually. That's great. Yeah, they have some nice pubs there. I take it. Um. Well, very. I, I would say it's very much similar to, more similar to the United States in terms of you know uh, your typical bars. You know, um, yeah. There's a there's a, maybe like in Christchurch, maybe there's a couple of places that you might might just qualify as a pub, but um, yeah, not not quite not quite pubs the way the UK does pubs. I must admit. Yeah, totally. Everything's different over there. A lot nicer in a way, I think. I've always kind of thought that it's really nice how the people in the uh, European countries and Australia, for example, as well, you know, they just celebrate 
have a great time and it starts when you're young and goes to yeah. your old. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. Yeah. And speaking of which, uh, I'm going to guess that you were born not in the United States. Where were you born? Yes, I was actually born um, in London, um, right. and um, I, I grew up. So my parents were, you know, the uh, baby working class baby boomers, and um, and what basically happened after the, you know, as that baby boom was happening, um, London got very very crowded very quickly, uh, so they had to build some new towns um uh, very quickly as well and um yeah so I, I spent most of my time uh, most of my kind of younger years growing up in in one of these new suburban towns you know wow man uh, i mean forgive me i thought my accent detector was on par but you're not australian no no Good. i'm um i'm actually uh yeah so so i if you've ever seen um you know some of these Essex programs I, I I used I used to have a very strong Essex accent oh. um and when I when I came to New Zealand I basically found that there was many things that I would say that people would just they couldn't understand what I was saying um <laughs> so quite you know kind of semi deliberately but not not for any um any other reason than to be understood really I, I over over the years my um british accent has largely gone away um although i think i think it's still reasonably strong um but yeah def definitely picked up on the on the kiwi accent um, which isn't which isn't quite as strong as the australian accent interesting interesting yeah i guess for me i'm not as familiar but it just really to me it sounded very australian so Right. Okay. Um, little did oh, I know. Um, yeah. Um, I, I, I could, I could take that as an insult, but I won't. <laughs> oh no, not at all. The Aussies are awesome, man. Are you kidding? No, well, no, um, no. well, there's, 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 you know, Kiwi Aussie rivalry. Just, I guess, like there is same between uh, rivalry between states over there. You know. Yes, that's right. Uh, we've got all kinds of crazy stuff going on over here. But yeah, no, no, it was absolutely meant as a compliment, believe me. <laughs> it's very charming. <laughs> very charming indeed. Oh, uh, thanks. You're welcome. And did you grow up with both parents? Uh, um, I, well, yeah, yes, I did. Um, I mean, um, grew up is kind of a funny term, isn't it? But, you know, a lot well, of, a lot of a my... child, yeah. Yeah, a lot of... Um, a lot of my younger years, I didn't really see a lot of my, my dad because he was um, he was a bus driver. You know the old um, the old red buses that go through London. Um, oh, really? He, he, he was he was a bus driver for many years, and um, awesome. And yeah, so a lot a lot of the time, I didn't I didn't really get to see him in, in my younger time. But uh, how how is yeah. a child not riding on that bus everywhere he goes? Because uh, it was a long way away from where he lived, but I, I, I used to, <laughs> I, I used to, I used to get to do that during the holidays. And right um, I, you know, I have to say that uh, um, it's only novel for a certain period of time as a child, right? So, like once, because he he did this, he did this um, 
you know, if you're over in the UK, you, you'd know it, but he did a, a quite a famous route called um, uh, the Route 15. And basically that went like um, straight through the heart of London, you know, so it was, you know, um, Tottenham Court Road, at the you know, through Trafalgar Square or, you know, it was it was a fantastic, um, it was a fantastic uh, uh, route on the buses to to see all the sites kind of thing. Um, but in in an eight hour or whatever shift that he'd do, um, he would go backwards and forwards along that same path I, I can't actually remember now, but it might have been like a dozen times. And uh, once, once once you've done it a couple of times, you know, you it gets a little bit boring. <laughs> uh, I see. That's cool. Yeah, maybe it's just the uh, interesting, nostalgic feeling of thinking about those buses. I've never been on one of those double-decker buses, but they're so cool. And there's like convertible at the top, right? And it's like enclosed at the bottom. Isn't that how they are? Um, the the ones that are um, open top um, are usually just like the sightseeing uh, buses. Um, uh-huh. The ones the ones that are actual London transport, um, yeah, they're they're all fully enclosed. <laughs> That's funny how sm- how smart they are. They want to make sure their workforce doesn't fall out on the way to the job, right? <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, very very smart. And did you have siblings uh, as a yeah, I've got a, I've got I've got a younger brother. He he came along when I was about five or six. Right on. That is awesome. That is awesome. What was it like? Um, do you have any early memories you can share with us from your childhood? What's the earliest thing that comes to mind in your childhood? Anything at all? Oh, um, to to be honest, uh, you know the 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 child childhood I had wasn't um, the best. Um, and, um, I think there's, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, trauma and, um, and some abuse. And I think, I think a lot of my early years, my brain has blocked out. Um, I, you know, I literally like, <laughs> like it sounds crazy, but a lot of, a lot of my years, like under the age of 10, 11, I, 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 I can hardly remember anything at all, unfortunately. Wow, I'm not sure what the term is, but it is very common for trauma to be blocked out like that. Yeah, and that's a, a God bless you, man. I'm sorry to hear that. Um, what What was that experience like? If we could just delve a little bit into it and see what we can learn from it, what was that experience like, as you recall, as a young person? Um, I guess it's somewhat difficult to answer that when it's been blocked out you know um i think i think the the overriding memory of i had was that um I, you know whether whether this is right or wrong you know and often we put stories in our mind that are wrong um but it but generally i felt like I was a bit of a hindrance to their plan and, um, you know, wasn't, you know, there wasn't a lot of love there, you know, and um, yeah. so uh, yeah, a lot of, a lot of loneliness, I think. I, I feel you, man. Is that before your brother came along? Uh, before and after. Um, 
you know, I, th I think, I mean, the, um, the great thing, you know, for my brother at least was that, you know, he was um, planned. I don't, I don't think I was. Um, and when, when I was born, um, there was, there was that, you know, real stigma for, you know, unmarried, um, especially, especially for the women, unfortunately, but there, there was a real stigma for um, unmarried people to have a child out of wedlock kind of thing. Um, and just, just kind of piecing things together from having conversations with other people like in the family over the years, I think, um, you know, what I understand is that me coming along, um, you know, it, it was, I think it's like a real irony in a way, because I think, um, my understanding is that on the one hand, it was really seen as a, a bad thing to have a child out of wedlock but um having an abortion was equally bad right and um so i can imagine it would have been a um a, you know quite a scary time for my mum and dad you know and um you know they weren't they, married at the time no those i those i think those only like 21 i mean they i mean my, when i think about my um my eldest boy being 23 and um i think there's i just can't imagine him having a child you know? so, yeah um but um <laughs> yeah but uh, yeah at least at least with my brother it was kind of um sort of planned kind of thing but um yes yeah, still there was i think a lot of a lot, a lot of the damage had, had already been done and and then um when a new one comes along i guess um you know as a five or six year old boy you might kind of play up a little bit to get get some attention when not when the baby's getting all the attention and um yeah. and then that that wasn't handled very well um by by my parents either so uh yeah it was uh, it is what it is i'm sorry i apologize that you had to go through that and i i will say one thing in my opinion brother is like you were planned you were just planned by something or someone much smarter than the parents <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'd like you to know. think so we all have purpose and I think we have destiny, you know, it's like uh, the unplanned concepts and all that. It's hard yeah. to imagine that happening, but, um, you know, we all have purpose and all that. So I hope that, you yeah. know, I'm sure that you've realized that over the years finally, but yeah, it's a shame to feel that you might've been some kind of a, an accident because that's not true. There's no accidents. I don't think, yeah. um, as you've come to find out, you've raised a child and we're going to learn more about what you've done with your life here in a moment. Um, so when did the fog lift? Like, uh, let's, let's get to the point where you do start having thoughts and feelings and things like, where did that happen in your life? Um, I think the, the, the earliest recollections I have of, of starting to be like, aware of I guess being somewhat troubled was when I when I kind of reached you know in quotes adulthood like when you um I I uh I got married and left home fairly early um again it was kind of um somewhat pushed on me um but you know, um, don't don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm absolutely. You know, I've been with my wife now for, um, you know, 
25 years or so. And, oh, wow. Uh, yeah. And it's, um, Congratulations, uh, man. Yeah. And our relationship is now as, as, as good as it has been. And um, awesome. the, um, I think what it more meant was is that, um, you know, where, you know, if we had had, if we'd had, say, more, um, I don't know, intellect and wisdom, um, we might have, like, um, done more things together before we settled down and put all the pressure on us of having a mortgage and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, um, yeah, my mum my in particular was, you know, for many years trying to, get me out of the house like for some reason. <laughs> and um and um so we ended up getting a house um before we was really ready um and you know the, the, not long after we bought the house um there was like a change in exchange rate or sorry or whatever you call it the interest rates and mm-hmm. it was a very very difficult time and um and that's there's a time when like you've you can't, it felt, feels like you, you haven't got the backstop of your parents anymore. You know, you've, you've left home and you've, mm-hmm. you've made your bed, so to speak. And, um, yeah, and that's kind of, that's when I, I think, I think before then I was, um, you know, just, I don't know, kind of numb to really what was going on in my head. I, like, I was, I was just the way I was. But when when you when you suddenly have a career um, having to pay the mortgage and um, especially like when our first child came along, you know, having you know got that responsibility, um, that's when really the cracks start opening up and um, you you start actually seeing the um, the impact of kind of the, those many years of. Um, you know your the operating in your system the operating system in your head not not being uh, programmed very well mm. wow that's heavy man that is really heavy did you date much before you met your wife no <laughs> really no um yeah maybe a couple of things but um yeah um it's it's actually it's a bit of a funny charming story actually i Please. met my wife on um we we was on a an apprenticeship together for for um, Marconi Avionics, oh. and we was we was both similar in a way in the sense that um, we didn't know what to do career wise and all that, and both of our parents basically found this opportunity for us and kind of thought it'd be a good thing for us to do. Do they know each other? No, no, not 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 at all, and. and um, and I think, so this, this, uh, this apprenticeship was, it, you, you basically did like six months actually on the job and six months at college, like over about a four year period. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the first couple of years, um, you know, I wouldn't say we disliked each other, but like, um, do you know how, <laughs> uh, do you know how sort of, um, I know. <laughs> people can be a bit. People can be a bit cruel, right? And and I, th- I think I think I was a bit cruel to her. <laughs> yeah. And um, and um, but you know, just part of the group 
you know um banter and all that and and some some you know when when i you know i kind of digress a bit here but like the, the, the kind of the kind of banter that went on between our group and what i see the banter going on between like um the youngsters here today it just seems so much more healthier today you know and um uh, that i remember in our group if if he wasn't kind of having a poke at someone for fun you know it, it, you know not much else happened but um anyway back to back to my wife sally like um the, it was i think it was um one christmas and we you know they'd uh, been to the works party or whatever and um and i i saw her, i saw her basically kissing this other guy right <laughs> and and up until then i'd had absolutely no feelings whatsoever but i just had this feeling come over me of oi that that's not right she's mine you know it, it was wow. a really strange it was a strange thing it's just like i just looked at them i thought yeah you know, i felt i don't know if, i don't know if jealousy is the right word but it, it was more it was more of a sense of you know that's not right i i you know that that she should be kissing me, not him. You know, and uh, so after that, I I, I invited her to um, um, a local nightclub, and um, we uh, yeah ended up having a slow dance, and I nibbled her ear, and she fell for me. Ooh, oh yeah, yeah. The, the ear nibblings worked for me a couple of times too, buddy. That's great. Good move, man. Good move. I know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't get slapped or arrested, you're doing all right. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly <laughs> That's right. Funny. And so that feeling that you had when you first connected was it a feeling of like uh, destiny and purpose? What was that like? How do you describe that moment when you realize, like, oh my God, we're going to be together now? Yeah, um, I, I think because I hadn't really, um, you know, had many relationships kind of thing, it was, I didn't really know how to, you know, whether, I, I find it hard to explain, it's kind of like, I wasn't really experienced enough to know how real it was kind of thing, mm -hmm. um, you know, and I suppose because of the life I'd had, I somewhat expected it to um end suddenly you know because a lot of other things had um but um yeah I, I remember a couple of times where i felt like it was um going to be over and it, it really kind of i remember that that real sinking feeling in my heart that i i didn't i just really really didn't want that to happen you know and um so there must have been something quite deep and yeah. I remember there was um, um, Sally lived about um, seven miles away from me, and we would like commute to each other's house to see each other. Cool. And and I remember we um, had this. Oh, I don't think it was really a like a, a an argument, so to speak. I can't I can't actually remember, but I know that there was um, there was basically a telephone call where. It ended up that we broke up, right? Oh, and um, and I, I basically, I don't know how long it was, but it was it wasn't that long afterwards. I thought, 
no, I can't let this happen. Um, I need to go over and see her, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and the funny thing was, is she had exactly the same thought. And so we're both driving to each other, and, <laughs> and, and we and we basically see each other's car coming the other way, um, like at the halfway point. I pull over, she pulls over. I said, where are you going? And I said, well, I was oh. going to your house. Where are you going? I was going to your house. Why? Oh. And it was like, I don't want to break up, you know. <laughs> Dude, that makes me want to cry. That sounds so romantic, man. <laughs> yeah, they should make a movie out of that, right? I should, I should claim rights to that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's all yours, buddy. Absolutely. It's your story, and it's a good one. That is really cool. And so that conversation <laughs> that day was a turning point for you, I take it. Yeah, like that. Then, then things got quite serious, and um, yeah, not, not long after that, we uh, made plans to get married. Wow, man, that's really cool. And uh, how long after you were married did you have children or a child? Um, would have been about three years, probably. Cool. So, yeah, so we would have been about twenty-four, something like that. Uh, Still quite young. And yeah. I'm assuming it was very intentional on your part. Absolutely, absolutely, okay. yeah, yeah. No more, no more fire and blanks, buddy. We're locked and loaded, right? <laughs> exactly we're, right. We're loving with purpose over here. That's great. <laughs> That's great. And do you think that your wife's recollection of uh, the way that you all met and how you um, came to be would match your own, or do you think she'd have a different perspective? No, I think I think she'd have a I think she'd have the um, same perspective. Yeah. Cool. Very very cool. And where is she from? So, she, so she's um, she's a very very similar sto- you know backstory as mine you know um, p- parents um, well her her dad was from London and then moved out to like the new town and um, her mum was from um, like up Yorkshire like north 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 um, I don't know don't know, sort of not sure how they met but uh, but basically you know they they moved into the same area as as, as we were. Very cool. And Yorkshire is the place where the pudding comes from, right? Yorkshire pudding, yeah. Which isn't which isn't really a pudding. It's, um, yeah. <laughs> it's you, wouldn't, you, you wouldn't put ice cream or custard on it. Yeah, exactly. I could never get used to uh, sayings like bangers and mash, like for example. <laughs> but I love it. It's so good. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so English, right? Yeah, I love it. I've been to some English pubs in California, strangely, and really enjoyed them. I had a British girlfriend for a while in college and we always went to those kind of places because she really enjoyed the experience and yeah, I got to learn about all their crazy foods and <laughs> drink all the different shandies and black and tans and lager oh, and yeah. limes, you know, I don't care. Yeah. I like the girly drinks, you know. <laughs> lager and yeah. limes supposed to be for the ladies, right? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Maybe. Maybe. That's cool. Yeah, I remember something about that. Um, that's amazing. And so when you had your child, what was that time like in your life? Um, it, it was, to be honest, it was it was actually quite stressful. Um, mm-hmm. I'd, so stepping back just maybe a couple of years, um, we had qualified to move out to New Zealand um, and we'd come out here to to visit um and we was planning to so this was this would have been 1995 
Um, so we we come out to check things out and um, we was basically planning to move out here within like a year or so, uh, you know, once we sold our house and everything. And uh, so I hadn't been, I hadn't been back, um, you know, when we got back from New Zealand, I was only here for about three weeks, just checking out the place for, you know, jobs and accommodation and all that kind of stuff. And um, anyway, I had a quite serious back injury at work and um, and I was unable to uh, walk for the best part of a year. And I also yeah. uh, developed a, a chronic um, pain condition. Oh. And um, the so that's that was like probably the, the first of like my you know, first of my really, really bad uh, periods, uh, like mentally. Um, and we, we were, you know, went to the doctor, sorry, you know, my pain specialist and um, said, like, you know, we're thinking about having a baby, like, is that a good idea or is it a bad idea? And And he kind of felt like it was a good idea or be something that would, um kind of give me new purpose and everything else um but yeah when you uh, the the so i'm i'm kind of living with this pain condition and not able to walk very well and um and when we had george uh he we basically couldn't we basically could hardly put him down lay him down on his back um and he would just be screaming and screaming and screaming and um and to to kind of cut a long story short uh, we ended up um taking him to this osteopathic center for children in london mm -hmm. um and they they basically said like it, it was it was almost like a miracle, right? But they 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 all they basically said, um, and I'm really really sorry. I need to just back up a bit. He he, please, he had a please. he had he had a very very long um, birth, like like um, and 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 it it ended up that after something like it was like thirty odd hours of labour, um, they. They basically lost his heartbeat, and oh. um, and um, they they had to rush uh, an emergency cesarean. And to be honest, we thought we'd lost him. And um, oh goodness! And anyway, thank thank God he was he was he was born alive. Um, but what what's what that would have done is is caused uh, all of the problems that we had with him in his in his first um like six seven months or so um what they basically said is that um all of the plates in the skull um at that age should be quite fluid and and they they had basically all seized together um his pelvis should be flexible and that was uh, that was all seized up and what they said the result of all of that would have been that he would have had um kind of almost like a belly ache all the time and he and he also had like head pain mm. um and they they basically 
worked on him for about 20 minutes. And um, when when I was looking at it, so that so the, the type of osteopathy is called cranial osteopathy. Mm-hmm. And and there was two two people working on him. One one was basically had both hands cradled around the head, and the other one had um, hands cradled underneath the um, um, his like pelvis, and um, they were just a, they didn't even look like they were moving their hands, and just every so often they would both look up to each other exactly the same time. And I, because I've never seen this before, I just thought this is, this is bullshit. There's, they're not actually doing anything. Um, And anyway, they said, um, yeah, like this is what was going on and we've done this and we'd like to see him again in a couple of weeks time. Um, But, you know, he should hopefully be a lot better. And um, and where he had been crying all the way up, you know, we, we took it, we had to take, it was about an hour away from our house so to get from our house to this, this osteopathic centre in London. Mm-hmm. And um, they, um, yeah, he, he didn't cry on the way home and we thought, well, that's a bit odd. Uh, you know, and then, then we took him home and um, we laid him in his bed on his back, which we could never, ever do. Um, and he just closed his eyes and went to sleep and, um, it was just like a miracle, you know, and, um, but, um, you know, kind of getting back to your question, um, it was with everything else that was going on, it was, it was a, it was a very challenge, challenging time. Yeah. Um, so I don't understand. What did they do? Um, my under, my understanding is is that you you have this um, I'm probably going to explain this really badly but like in in the around the head and down the body you have this like you have this um, like membrane fascia type connect all interconnecting tissues and things and I think they just basically subtly realign these things just so that it released you know everything releases um and yeah it was it the i i've actually had um uh craniosteopathy done on me because i'd seen it and i'd seen how it how how it had worked um i i went through a period where i was getting um migraines a lot and and i I would basically have a migraine every, like every month, like clockwork, wow. and um, and yeah, I I, I sought out um, a cranial osteopath here in New Zealand, and you know, again the the work that she was doing on my head, and like she even like put her finger sounds a bit nasty, but she put her finger in my ears and just like was just doing these subtle movements that were they're almost so subtle you you can't believe that they're actually doing anything right mm-hmm. um but but she she did she did this thing and um yeah she fixed me you know and i said like what 
and after I had to go back to her and say, like, what, what did you actually do to me? Like, what was it? You, uh, you know, be, be, being an engineer, um, I want, I wanted to know. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and she, she sent me the material to, to show me like what she'd, you know, what she'd basically released in my brain kind of thing. And, um, it was ah. yeah, quite incredible. So is this a technique that adults and children can use or like what, how does that, yep. it sounds like a really interesting process. I've never heard of this. Yeah, no, I don't think it's commonly known, but yes, um, my understand. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely, definitely uh, it's something that can be used by uh, both. Um, I would probably say that um, the younger, you know, you can get your child to them, the better. Um because of the problems that we had with George, um, our first one, our second, um, our second and third, we actually booked them in for a session regardless. You know, even even though there was no problems, um, we just booked book them in for a session just to make sure that there was nothing, you know, underlying and anything that you know needed a bit of uh, release was was released. And um, yeah, the the other two uh, kind of grew up without any problems. Wow, man. And, and so just, um, and you have three children total? Yeah, yeah. Okay. All, all, all within, you know, two years apart. Awesome, awesome. And George, um, so you're telling me that when he got back home, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the crying stopped and he slept like a baby. No pun intended. Yep. And he was, he was a, it was a different baby from then on, yeah. Amazing. That yeah. is amazing. And what is that procedure called once more? Uh, cranial osteopathy. Awesome. Yes, I'll definitely be Googling that later for sure. Gosh, what an amazing journey. Um, And and the other two children came along, I'm sure, very intentionally as well. And about uh, two years apart, you said? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. What was that like, that experience of having a second and then a third child? Um, the second, the second was really good. I mean, they're they're all really good. The, 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 um, the, the the problem really wasn't you know wasn't with the child this time, but when um, I don't youngsters won't really remember this, but you know there was there was a time not so long ago when there wasn't an internet, right? And and um, <laughs> I, I think it was it. yeah it was about two it would have been about two thousand and two thousand and one something like that. There was like the um, you know the 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 web boom was happening um mm-hmm. and you know i'd 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 had a great job consulting um in in web and everything else um things were just going great you know the economy was going great um i i'd found this kind of new passion in um like web uh consulting and everything else oh yeah and um so I decided to go go it alone. So I basically um, left the company that um, you know I was, I was doing quite well at, and um, decided to go uh, consulting. And uh, you know my my wife's not working; she's she's at home with two other children. And um, within a few months of Amelia being born, there was the dot com crash. Um, everything yeah. come crashing down and um, mm-hmm. and yeah it was a, it was you know a, it was a, a real kind of um, few I remember years of that struggle. too <laughs> yeah 
it was bloody horrible because you know the it it was it didn't just affect the web industry you know it um, oh no oh, it affects all yeah widespread you know so uh, um, yeah I mean the the the, ch- the chances are that you know because of the company that I was working for I might I might have lost my job anyway you know um, but um, it was a ballsy yeah, was, move man that was a pretty gutsy maneuver that you made. Oh, it's it's um, a lot of people say, um, you know, even moving to New Zealand was um, kind of ballsy kind of thing. But um, I've never, you know, my I always say that it's it's only really it's only really like ballsy and courageous if if you do something that you fear. Right. I think I think, to be honest, like when when we came to New Zealand, I wouldn't it may be going a bit far to say it was reckless, but kind of not far from reckless in the sense that, you know, it was just, look, let's just do it. Um, If it doesn't work out, we can always come back. You know, there was was nothing to worry about. And um, and I think I I think I felt like that with. Maybe when I started my consultancy, you know, when I went out on my own, it was it was probably the same kind of thing. Thinking, well, things are pretty good, you know, everything's booming, and um, if I if I don't like working for myself or it's not working out for whatever reason, you know, I can just go back and get a job, you know. So uh, yeah, absolutely, hmm. very cool. And I take it that this led into your current career path. Um. Or is well, it that, that, yeah, that probably um, yeah. So what I'm I'm now working on a a mental health or sorry, mental well being app, um, and cool. and that that really kind of dates back to um, yeah. I've had a bit of roller coaster about about twelve years ago. I um, um, I nearly got killed in the Canterbury earthquakes here, and um, that then led to me having quite a severe mental breakdown um and through basically some something happened where um i went from a a position of no hope and i just didn't want to be here anymore um to to a position where i managed to completely transform my mind um and i i basically went far beyond just being back to mental well-being i you know i I use this phrase called mental fitness um Mm -hmm. and just just so that you can put it in perspective a lot of uh, when we when we talk about mental health uh we're we're usually talking about mental ill health and um and when if you think of if you think of mental well-being as being like a spectrum, say between one and ten, right? And, and and just to be clear, I'm not I'm not talking about say mental illnesses here, like say schizophrenia. Or, You're talking about like uh, psychosocial and uh, I'm just, things. I'm just talking about ge- general mental well-being, right? Is yeah. that where if you if you if you was around the three mark is where you transition from being mentally well to mentally unwell, right? So if you was to, 
if you were to basically be, you know, think that maybe you're depressed and you went to a doctor and the doctor did their assessment and you're actually like a, a four out of five, right? They, they, they won't prescribe, if they're a good doctor, they won't prescribe you antidepressants. They'll say things like you're probably, um, probably a bit burnt out. You need to perhaps take a bit of time off work. You maybe need to like make some changes in your life, you know, whatever it is. But the, the distance between four and sort of nine or 10 is a long, long way. Right. And, um, and what, what I later discovered is that most, you know, the, the most common like scenario is that m- most of us are around the five and a half mark. Um, and if you look at the whole population, especially in like UK, USA, you know, places like Australia, New Zealand, it's, it's if you can imagine a bell curve, like quite a narrow bell curve where, you know, m- the vast majority of the population are between four and six, right? Mm-hmm. And you, I kind of, um, I kind of have this analogy that, you know, most people are basically on this, um, like a, like a mouse on one of those wheels in the, you know, like a hamster on the on the wheel where you're you're just you're just going through the motions of life, but you just can't you can't really see any any other way, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like all, all you see is that um, you you just see that wheel of life just going round and round um, uh, in front of you. Um, but what what I what happened to me is something significant had shifted in me where I wanted to go much further than that. And you know, I I studied everything from psychology, neuroscience. Buddhism, you know, all, all kinds of different things. Um, and it just had a profound, it just had a profound um, uh, outcome for me um, in many, many different ways. And, um, and it, it was one of those things where the sum of the parts is, is I don't know, if, I can't remember what the phrase is, but like, it's all of the little things added together that makes such a big difference. Um, Definitely. So, like for example, you know, um, there might be like just silly little things that my wife used to do, and they would make me get quite angry. It would be like, you know, why, why are you, why are you trying to control me, or why, you know, like or whatever. And and now, now because of my change of perspective and understanding. Um, the things that she does actually makes me smile now, you know. And um, I know, man. Um, and do you think? Do you think it all came from your trauma? Um, Did you do this as a mechanism to help others get through the things that you struggle with? It sounds a little bit familiar to me in your story. Yeah, well, I, th- I think for for a good for a good amount of time, I was just really obsessed. I, I was kind of, I wasn't really doing it for anyone else. I was definitely doing it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and my my analogy is like, do you know that people that get like fitness junkies, right? They they just they feel the um, 
you know the the um, the adrenaline and what have you, and they just they just they just want to get more and more of it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like that for me. You know, there was these 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 shifts that were happening, and I thought, oh my god, these these are amazing. I, I just want to carry on going, and I'm I'm still I'm still carrying on going today. But um, um, I, I think it was about five or six years ago. Um, there was a lot of stuff in the media about mental health and suicide and thing. And, and to, you know, I used to watch the Anthony Bourdain uh, uh, guy doing the cookery and all that. And, yeah. um, and he he took his life. Um, people, you know, Vici took his life. Hard to believe. And, yeah, and uh, you know, they, they were two people that were like, although I didn't know them, I kind of felt very close to them. Sure. And then and then. Um, then a good friend of mine uh, that just lived around the corner to, uh, unfortunately took his life, and that's when I kind of thought, I wonder if I can I can do something about this, you know? And um, and I, I was I was kind of a bit reluctant to do an app at first. I, I knew I wanted to do something where I could help people at scale, um, and I also knew that. I wanted to do something more in the, you know, using that analogy of one to ten. I didn't, I didn't so much want to help people right down the bottom. I wanted to stop people from going down there in the first place and getting up to the place where I am now. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like I, I started doing a lot of research, and um, I was actually, I, I actually was. Um, quite horrified to find that there's there's some research studies that had been conducted on you know basically all of the top mental well-being apps and there's there's basically no evidence at all that any of them huh. help in any meaningful way you know um wow. and and the you know the, the the retention rate on these you know in terms of like how, how many if if people download these apps, how many of them are still um, using them after uh, fourteen days? Have you, could could you guess what that might be? Five uh, percent. Uh, yeah, that three point six percent. Good lord! And, yeah. that, and that and that's and that's the best of them. You know, some of them are like less than half percent. That's a shame, um, man. I know, and that's that's basically. I, I kind of thought, okay, so these apps that are out there, they don't they don't seem to be working, and nobody seems to be using them. Yet there's there's literally billions of people in the world that are, suffering. you know, well, they're not necessarily suffering, but they you know they might be struggling with, you know, just feeling a bit lost, burnt out, stressed. You know, they might um, they might just feel they're on that um, treadmill of life kind of thing, and um, um, you know that there's nothing there's nothing really there that's that's helping them get off of that, and that, and that's that's what we wanted to do. So, yeah, it's, ta- it's taken it's taken about uh, three years to get where we are now, but we've um, the the Ever Yellow app. Um, is it's it's very very different to anything anyone would have tried before. It's, it's the only 
it's the only app in the world that uses a, a technique called um, um, mental conditioning or passive mental conditioning. And basically, what it what it means is uh, you you simply listen to some highly personalised um, messaging uh, that blends, you know, um, knowledge, wisdom, guidance, uh, motivation. Um, yeah. uh, on top of this, like backdrop of music and sound, um, and it's you know the the success rate is just is just phenomenal. Like um, in our last in our last round of testing, we found that um, seventy eight percent of people that use the app daily, like even for only ten minutes, um, yeah, seventy eight percent felt significantly better within just one week. Um, yeah. Yeah, and our our retention rate is over fifty percent as well. So uh, right on, man. Yeah, good mm. job, good job, man. Can I ask yeah. a question about that? Sure. Um, uh, one of my forte, well, a couple of my fortes is web development. I've been doing that for twenty something years, and mm-hmm. so we share that in common. But I'm also a music artist and producer, and mm-hmm. I love sound, and I'm really fascinated by different things that are discovered. And mm-hmm. one of the things that I've noticed is a lot of people tuning music to different frequencies like 440 hertz or 220 hertz or whatever and there's apparently some supposed value in the frequency of the music uh interacting with the mind and body do you know if there's any validity to that are you familiar with that at all yeah um i i am and and there's also there's also these um what do they call them um Oh, like where where you've got different pitches in different ears and things like that. Um, Bin- binaural, is that? Yeah, what bi- binaural and things like that. Um, so, one of the things that we made a decision on very very early is that, regardless of you know spiritual or religious beliefs, um, we wanted to make this app in order to make it appeal to the most people. Um, we we wanted to ensure that it was um, um, 100% um, scientifically based. That you know everything in the app is is supported by science. Mm-hmm. Um, we have looked at things like you know binaural beats and things like that, and there there just isn't the evidence there. You know, um, and I I th- my my. So there's this field of science called um, psychoacoustics. Oh yeah, um, I'm familiar is, with that. Yeah, and um, that's basically you know how the brain perceives sound. Basically, that's so um, cool. I think I th- just just talking to you know like the various like grounded psychologists that I've been that I've been consulting on with the app. Um, I think they're. I think there's a couple of things. Number one, there is definitely, you know, whether whether science actually knows specifically what they are, there are definitely things in music. Like if you if you are playing, if you if you if you've got some um, messaging happening, mm-hmm. and you 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 give say one group of people the messaging just as pure messaging and the other group of people the messaging accompanied with like emotive music and sound 
the the messaging seems to be received much better by the group that have the the music and sound as well um how that actually happens i don't think we're really sure it, it could even be a masking thing you know like where um when you don't have the music and sound you're more likely to get distracted whereas with the music and sound there's a much richer experience that you can just stay contained with but but i but either way that the the main thing as as you know the main thing from my perspective with ever yellow is that what it means is is you know un unlike spending time with other mental well-being apps um people really enjoy spending time on the ever yellow app they um you know I, I have people write to me and say look i only intended to listen for 10 minutes and an hour and a half later i'm still <laughs> listening um but the other the other really cool thing about the app that we've done is we've um we've basically created like a separation between the the narration track and the the music and soundtrack um and basically that that what that means is you can independently control the volume so what that means in practicality is you can turn the vocal track down to a point where you can barely hear the messaging so you can basically you know listen to the music and every other yeah. while you're you know while you're working while you're studying um and you can listen to it for like say many hours you know even, even when you're sleeping um and but you know while that's happening the the messaging um you know s still appears to be getting through on a like a, a sub subconscious level and um we've it's it's one of those areas where you know to be honest we're, we're not really making any scientific claims about it but um we have far too many people contact us and say look I've never actually listened to Ever Yellow with the sound turned up, uh, sorry, with the voice turned up. Um, but when I needed the the messaging, you know, like when when something was going on, you know, the messaging came back to me, and I was able to to put it into practice, which is which is pretty amazing. Hey, um, I, I want to take a stab at this because I, I personally believe that I have a little bit of an answer to that question. All right. Um, why does music make a difference? And um, here's what I believe. Let me just throw out a crazy idea here for you. And I'm going to base it on a couple of things that mm. you may or may not be familiar with. One is the water experiments. Have you ever heard of those? No. Oh, my God. Write it down, buddy. The water experiment. I, I am. And look at it. Look into that. You're going to be blown away. <clears throat> Basically, the guy uh, flash freezes water after directing a motion at a drop of water. And mm. the emotions range from the left to the right, love to hate. Okay, just as a simple scale. So the first one, let's say, just as an example, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. The next one, you're beautiful, you're beautiful. The next one, I don't really care that much about you. The next one, you know, you're ugly. And then the next one, I hate you. So just as an example of the scale mm. range. Now, mm. the ones that have the positive emotions all develop amazing, beautiful, perfectly symmetrical structures like you've never seen, like mm. a snowflake up close. It's a beautiful thing. 
And as you move towards the negative, it becomes less defined and more blobby, you know, kind of mm. unattractive, no form to it, nothing. Yeah. And the same would be true with heavy metal music versus classical music. They mm. expose the water droplets to music as well. Classical music produced perfectly wonderful, beautiful formations. Heavy metal music, on the other hand, created a sort of a blob and a void mm. that had no form. So that's mm. one thing. The other one is the rice experiment. That's another mm. one that you'll want to check out if you're not familiar. And mm -hmm. that's where you take rice and uh, you cook it, let it cool down. You take half of it, put it in one mason jar and seal it. Take the other half, put it in the other mason jar and seal it. Two mm -hmm. identical jars on one jar, you write the word love and you tape it to the jar. On the other jar, you write the word hate and you tape it to the jar. The love jar, you put in one spot in your house, dark, of course, you know, we don't want to induce mold or anything mm -hmm. unnaturally, but the hate jar, you keep in a separate place. So every morning for 30 days, if you go to the love jar and you say, I love you, I love you every morning, and you go to the hate jar and say, I hate you, I hate you, in the exact same form that you said you love, the jar with love is white and pure, at the end of 30 days, the jar with hate is black and gross and moldy, man. Oh and you can, you can see it. You can do it yourself as an experiment. Apparently, it works. Um, but what I'm getting at is that uh, the body, I believe, operates on a certain frequency. I yeah. think it's somewhere around 60 hertz, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, so it has something to do with the circadian rhythm and yeah. all that with the planets and all that jive. Uh, but the thing is, is that because we vibrate at a certain frequency, other frequencies, whether we know it or not, are being constantly sent and received by other human beings, animals, yeah. and plants. And yeah. so we have life that expresses itself through energy, and yeah. that energy is in the form of frequency, much like you yeah. dial in on a radio station. Yeah. And uh, the thing is, is that we're constantly taking in and putting out frequencies that might not be conducive to our goals and our values and things without even knowing it because mm. of these crazy, tricky mental gymnastics that happen in the human <laughs> mind, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so my theory is that the reason that it works is because you're emitting a frequency that has a positive response on the human body and yeah. a person who's available to that will get great value out of that experience, whereas someone who's completely closed off might not, you mm -hmm. know, even notice it. Uh, yeah. But but it's intrinsic to the process, you know. So, like, if the music is the thing, it's like the energy is there. It's just a matter of whether yeah. or not the person will receive it. So that's yeah. that's my theory on that. Um, yeah, oh, yeah, no, I, th I think that's, um, that's very, very much, um, yeah, very, completely believe it, you know. Um, I think um, you know, even in um, you know, if, you, if I think of the music that we're playing, you know, there's 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 not only the there's not only the gazillion, you know, if you put it in, in, under a, like a, a spectrum analyzer or whatever they're called, yeah, not not only will you see that there's actually hundreds of different frequencies happening at the same time, but you've also got the you know, like the the ebb and flow of the actual music itself, haven't you? And um, and yeah, some so, somewhere deep within all of that, it's got to it's got to be playing a it's got to be uh, playing a 
positive impact. Um, Absolutely. And sound is so often under understood or uh, misunderstood, let's say, because uh, sound is a very powerful thing. And I mean, it can be used as a weapon. It can be used as a device of comfort and uh, yeah. calming. And we communicate with sound. And it's really fascinating, actually, even the resonance of your voice, you know, that creates a autonomic mm-hmm. response in someone listening to it, you know, and mm-hmm. it's really fascinating, actually. So I, I yeah. love that you're exploring this in a different way. Um, let's take the last few minutes of our time together to just talk a little bit about how Ever Yellow can help people who are struggling with different things and what type of person might look for your app. Um, look, we we um, built the app basically to be used by any normal human being and any, you know, like um, um, you don't have to be struggling, although, you know, um, I will... I will say that there's there's people that have you know things like depression and PTSD that said that, that they've told us that they've got a lot out of the app. Um, mm-hmm. We we just have to be very careful about making any claims in that space because then you become sure. like a, a medical device kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but I, I would I would basically say it's for anyone that wants to work on their well being. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if if you if you're someone that would be open to um you know you know physical fitness um and having a smoothie in uh, the morning or you know watching what they eat then then ever yellow is def- is definitely there for you um we um it's you know the one of the key things to it is that it you know it is it is highly personalized you know a lot of apps say that they're personalized but they're not really um we we really are um highly personalized you know we get um we get you go through a questionnaire so that we get a good picture of um who you are um you know and and where you're you know from a from a mental um well-being perspective there's actually there's actually there's actually about um well there's actually many but like we we've got 10 different pillars that all combine um, to uh, form your like well-being profile. So, like just to give a quick example of that is, you know, one pillar is, you know, your relationships. Um, another pillar is your ability to stay in the present moment and not uh, worry about the past. Um, another pillar is, um, you know, to what extent are you? Do you have growth and achievement going on in your life? You know, so oh, yeah. you know, you know, there's ev- everyone has a, a completely different shape, right? So we yeah. we de- we deliver the right content that's exactly right for you. Um, and yeah, so um, sorry, I can't quite remember the question, but like you, well, I just wanted you know, to just, get an idea of how we can um, benefit people with Ever Yellow. Oh yeah, so so um, so I, I guess how it benefits you is um you know at at a kind of at a at a base level um you let's let's put it like this is that um over over the years all of us um have been um mentally conditioned by every experience that we've ever had and um and that mental conditioning um 
creates an operating system in our brain um, that determines our thoughts, our feelings, our behaviors, our emotions, all of those are things. Um, and um, so, and so not if you think of that as being like a computer program, what we also have is um, all of our data as well. Like, like, so we might have stored away data, like in my case, for example, for many years, I stored away data that my mum and dad don't love me, right? And it was only like later on in life, that I actually thought, look, that's not valid. Like that's, that's just my story. Um, so what, whatever yellow basically does is it helps you to deconstruct all of that negative stuff that's getting in the way um, and give you like a, a, a better operating system that just allows you to um, function much better. And, and, and again, that can kind of manifest in a number of different ways. You know, I, like as an example, I had um, I had um, I'll give two two quick examples. One one um, both are, both are guys. One one's a, an entrepreneur that said, "Look, I, I just tried every yellow out just out of curiosity," and he said that before using every yellow, he would drive home from work thinking it's still thinking about all of this stuff that's going on in his business. And then when he got gets home to the you know his his young family and his wife, he's only like half there, and um, he said, but since I've been using Ariello, like now when I get home, work has kind of left me, and I'm now a hundred percent present for my wife and my family, and that and that's obviously that's great. That's huge. That's huge, yeah. man. And um, I had a similar guy say, look, um, I. In fact, you know, just to put it in context, this is um, one of our investors, um, uh, you know, middle-aged um, biker guy, you know, totally not into anything, you know, woo or hippie kind of thing, you know, and he saw this as being a bit woo and hippie. He said, like, I'll, 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 I'll help out um, the, you know, with, with your mission, but... Um, it's not something I would use. And uh, anyway, when, when the app was finally available, he gave it a try. And and to be honest, I think he was giving it a try to make sure to see where it, his money had gone, you know. And um, mm -hmm. he said, Alan, um, I he's one of these guys that doesn't, he doesn't often message me unless either something's wrong or he wants something. Mm -hmm. And um, and I mean that in the nicest way. He's a lovely guy. And yeah. um he um, anyway, I got this WhatsApp message, and he said, "Alan, um, can I talk to you about Every Yellow?" And I thought, "Uh oh, what's what's <laughs> you know, what's going on?" I can already and, tell what's coming, man. Yeah, and he said, "He said I've been using Every Yellow for." Um, oh, and by the way, this this guy's um, not not a um, competitive runner, but like running is his thing, right? He does it, and he. He uses like one of those apps to measure his times and all that kind of stuff. Right. And um, he said, I've been, he said, I, I, I can't work out what's happened. But he said, I tried Every Yellow out and quite liked it. So I've been listening to Every Yellow for a couple of weeks. And he said, I'm now running my best times ever. I'm like, he said, I've got no idea how it's happened, but 
you know, it's he said it's incredible. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. So look, um, it's as as I said before, it's not. You know, uh, we've got some people that only use it when they feel a bit stressed and they, they kind of use it as a stress-relieving pill. Um, and we've got other people that use it every day, you know, just like a like an everyday smoothie for their mind, if you like, or a tonic, you know. So, um, well, well put. Yeah. That's amazing. Awesome, man. This is uh, – I don't normally do this, but I'll be honest. I'm definitely going to install the app and try it because – what you've said sounds great, and um, I just want to also add, for anyone listening that doesn't know about me, um, I struggled with depression for quite a number of years, and still do from time to time, but nothing like before, and um, you know, I saw the darkness of my despair, and it was uh, nearly impossible to escape until I realized I need help, and uh, <clears throat> it took a number of years to realize I needed help. I didn't even know what was wrong with me, and when I figured it out and uh, went and got help, thank God I found a really good psychologist and we went through all kinds of stuff for a good three to four years. And uh, he he changed everything for me. So like, if you can't do that, having something else that can do something like that is huge. And I could see the value in what you're talking about uh, just to have a companion and another form of influence because really it comes down to helping to just retrain your brain, right? And, empty out the bad and put the good in its place. Is, isn't exactly, that what it's about? Exactly right. And the, um, the, the great thing is, is, um, you know, the, 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 the kind of the stories that I hear is that like within a very short period of time, you know, like even within, within days, a noticeable shift happens and, um the it's the recognition of that shift that makes people just want to continue because like they it's like um they although they can't put their finger on it they they've they've they feel like they've been you know they've been a, a door has been opened to a new like pathway they haven't yet gone onto the pathway, but they they feel like that door has been opened, and they're um, and they're kind of given that new sense of um, you know optimism for moving forward. You know, which is, which is obviously awesome. That is huge, man! Wow, I definitely would urge anyone who's listening that uh, would like to improve themselves to definitely go check out the Ever Yellow app, and I'm sure. That's available on Android and iPhone, I'm guessing, both, right? Yeah, and um, also just to make it clear to everyone, so we're, we're a, an impact uh, venture. Um, so, you know, we're our, you know, your well-being is um, paramount. Um, we're not, we're not doing this to make, you know, um, shitloads of money. Um, so, what part of, part of our social mission is that we believe that money should never be a barrier to well-being. Um, so what that means is we have we have a free version of the app which is comprehensive and you can use that forever. Um, all of the like validation testing that we've um, we've done has been with the free version of the app. Um, there is a premium version that obviously 
if you are able to pay we obviously would appreciate it if you if you can because that helps us keep 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 the free version going for um people that can't afford it but uh you know there's 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 really there really is no no barrier that is awesome so you're really on a mission to make a difference for people as long as they're willing to help themselves you've got a tool that can help make a difference in their life exactly right you know there's um there's that saying how how many um how 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 many psychologists does it take to uh, change a light bulb right um <laughs> only one but the the light bulb has got to really want to change right yeah yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> that's funny <laughs> wow man this has been great the time flew by too fast to be honest i feel like we could explore quite a bit more together and i'd like to invite you back on the show in the future and Maybe we could explore things a little more in detail about Ever Yellow and some of the case studies and things that I'm sure you're well aware of. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of value in that. And I'm really surprised, to be honest. I had no idea that the apps that were out there were not uh, very effectual or effective. It just doesn't make sense to me how that's possible. But I guess WebMD, same kind of thing. Like it, back in the day, like, oh, what's wrong with me? I'll go to WebMD and find out. And apparently now, supposedly, when you go to WebMD to try to find out, there's there's a little more there than what it used to be. <laughs> you know, it's something different, you know, may or may not be accurate. Who knows? You know, <laughs> at least it's not Wikipedia. So I, I go to the doctor when I need medical advice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right that's right yeah that is it and then one last thing if there's anything else on your heart or your mind that you'd like to share with our listeners i'd love for you to take a moment and do that and then we're we're clear yeah um yeah so many things i, I think that um so maybe i can just end by telling a just a little story um Perfect. just 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 before covid um um that December, just as COVID was just, you know, starting in Wuhan, I got that dreaded call from my brother to say my mum had terminal cancer. So I had to go um, uh, over to the UK for, for three or four months while she basically, you know, in a hospice. And and um, and I, when I was there, I asked her this question um, and um, kind of indirectly, this was this is the best bit of advice that I've um, had for a long, long time. Um, I basically said to her, "Mum, what 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 are you most proud of?" You know, and um, and I, I just kind of just to kind of give a tiny bit of backstory for everybody is my my mum basically hasn't done she never did a great deal really, and she was quite like a, a people pleaser. And anyway, so when I said that, um, she said, "Well, well, I, you, you kids, I guess, you know." And um, I, I said, "Well, there must, there must be something else, you know, like what, what, you know, what achievements or you know what, um, what things have you done that you, you, you're really, you, you're really happy about?" And um, she went, she went stone silent for a while, and then tears came down her face and she couldn't answer and what I took from that is um, you know I can't be I can't be certain but what I've taken from that is that 
she basically got to the end of her life and it suddenly dawned on her that she hadn't really lived the life that she would have wanted um and i guess i guess you know i i tell as many people as i can that story because you know um i saw a number of people in that hospice that you know they um the you know they they don't talk about the successful job that they had or the businesses they run or none of that matters when you're when you're at, at the end of your life none of that matters and um and i think i think that's really why i'm now on this journey kind of just living a life of purpose um you you only you only get one chance right and um yes um you know play, if there's anything you get out of this show you know just um take take a look up and uh, think am am i am, am i on the right path you know like you know imagine imagine the imagine the um eulogy that's going to be read out is it is it the the eulogy that you'd really want to have you know as uh yeah and that's that's kind of how i'm living now absolutely what a great story man thank you very much helen this has been great you uh almost got me choked up a couple of times here today buddy <laughs> <laughs> yeah and living life is huge and we have to realize that we have gifts and abilities and talents and regardless of the challenges and obstacles that we face if there's hope there is yeah. purpose and there's a desire to do something different you will find your path and uh, that's the thing we've all got to find our path it's so hard it seems these days um, absolutely for people. but yeah i'm really yeah. glad to hear that you're able to address that and i just want yeah. to thank you for sharing today on our show and with our listeners and i encourage everyone to go check out ever yellow on the app store and download it use it let it guide you and uh, feel free to share with Alan, you know, and let him know your experience with that because uh, it's a personal project and, you know, it sounds like you've got a real very tight grip on the process and what's happening and some really forward thinking scientific processes, actually. It's very yeah. impressive. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's been a, been a pleasure. I've really enjoyed this. Uh, thank you. My pleasure, and I hope to speak with you again, and I want to wish you a wonderful rest of the evening. Thank you. You're very welcome. All right, cool. So I'll edit this last part out later. Okay. Um, wow, dude, you have, it's for real, though, I really do want to, I'm going to go download your app and check it out, because it sounds like kind of what I need, to be honest, and I just had to stop seeing my psychologist because I moved from... Arizona and I now live in Henderson which is near Las Vegas in Nevada and I went from being in a trailer in the country with a roommate who I didn't totally get along with um, yeah. to a very nice house with someone I do get along with and things are great man but I'll tell you dude like uh, I really miss my psychologist dude so like uh, <laughs> I want to check out your app <laughs> nice nice yeah no, no, yeah do that let me know i mean we we know it's got a couple of kind of technical issues at the moment which we're fixing but um yeah there's a there's a just a slightly annoying bug where um when you so basically what happens is when you um do the personalization step it then downloads all the content to your phone mm -hmm. and um 
and then that's stored on your phone so that um, it's always available, even if your phone is in like uh, do not disturb mode or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but that we we just found out last week that that download is basically initiating at random times when it shouldn't. Um, you know, it should it should it should only happen when you when you check in again. Like you basically check in every week, um, and then we download a whole bunch of new content for you. Um, but you know, it's uh, as as it is right now is still very helpful for people. And um, you know, there might there might be that little little bit of annoyance through the the download retriggering. But um, yeah. I, th I think some people just think, oh, that's the way it's meant to be, and they just accept it. But uh, we, yeah. we know that we know that causes some people to complain. No worries, um, and I'm not plugging or anything like that. But I, I have, I'm happen to be connected with a guy who does app development and a pretty high level, and he's pretty damn smart. And he's got a team of coders. So if you ever need help, I have a friend that I could uh, introduce you to that you can talk with, and maybe there's something they can offer just to help. And you know, he's the kind of guy that could. Uh, do something nice, you know, without expecting anything in return. Right. Uh, okay. Just, oh well. Just uh, yeah. Throwing it out uh, there. Yeah. Oh well. Connect me, and um, I'm always keen to talk to new people. Okay. Cool. Maybe shoot me your phone number in a message. Yep. No and, worries. Uh, and your email, and I'll do that. And yep. uh, yeah, the rest is history, man. This has really been great. I can't thank you enough, Alan. This has really been a good experience talking with you, man. And what a story! Like, wow. You know what a great story, dude. Very inspirational. Yeah, it's been a bit of a roller coaster, but um, I feel feel like I'm well, well and truly off of it now, which is good. Yeah, I always admire someone who can step up and speak of their bad experiences and how they've learned from that. That's one of the things I really love about this show. Mm -hmm. um, I get to find out how you overcame those obstacles and became successful, and it's really humbling to hear these stories. I really appreciate that. Yeah, no problem at all. It's been a pleasure. Can't thank you enough. This has been a great experience. Yeah, and if you, if you want me back on sometime in the future, just just uh, reach out. Absolutely. I certainly will, Alan. Okay, then. Thanks very much. Enjoy the rest of your day. Absolutely. You do the same. Thanks again, Alan. Take care, mate. You too. Bye now. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Toddcast Show. If you found today's episode helpful and meaningful, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on what's next. Remember that the Toddcast Show is all about community and connection, so follow the podcast on your preferred social platform to keep updated on everything I've got in store. Also check out ToddCastShow.com to find out more and stay connected with me, Todd Mira. Be sure to tell your friends and family about the Toddcast show so the podcast family can continue to grow and share on an international level. See you over on the next episode. Hi, I'm Todd Mira, host of the Toddcast show, and I want to share something personal with you today. Throughout my own life, I've struggled with issues I didn't even realize I had. Things like depression, past trauma, PTSD, and feeling disconnected from the people I loved the most. It took me hitting rock bottom to realize I couldn't fix myself alone. I needed help to unravel the tangled knots within my life 
find myself again and become stronger in the areas I was weakest. It wasn't an overnight transformation, but with time, I learned to change my thinking, my attitudes, and my entire paradigm for the better. I learned that it's good to ask for help, and that's why I want to tell you about our sponsor, BetterHelp. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode of the Toddcast Show. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and the best part, it's 100% online. You can participate from anywhere, anytime that works for you. It's simple to get started. Simply answer a few questions about your specific needs and personal preferences in therapy, and BetterHelp will match you with the perfect therapist from their network. It's really that easy. You can message your therapist anytime you need support and schedule a live session when it's convenient for you. BetterHelp is committed to ensuring that you find the perfect match to guide you along your journey to well-being. As someone who went through therapy and came out way ahead of where I started, I want to invite you to take this step to a healthier, happier you today. My life was transformed through therapy, and yours can be too. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you'd expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is hand-picked for you, all at a shockingly affordable price. And as a special offer for our listeners, you'll get 10% off your first month by using the special link, betterhelp.com forward slash Toddcast. That's betterhelp.com forward slash Toddcast. You don't have to face life's challenges alone. BetterHelp is here to support you through the big and small issues of your life in a way that can really make a huge difference, both short and long term. Take the first step towards a healthier, happier you. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash Toddcast to get started today.